truly sing, Great Are You, Lord. And as we have come before you and as we bow at your feet, Lord, we hunger and thirst after you, Jesus. We want more of you. Lord, I pray you would speak to our hearts. I pray you stir up our hearts, Lord. I pray your spirit would move in our hearts and breathe life, Lord, into the deadness of our souls, Lord. God, as we bow down to you, we submit to you, Lord. We say, God, have your way with us, Lord. Do your will as we surrender all to you. So, Lord, I ask for your anointing right now, that your Holy Spirit would just bless your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1957, Dr. Lee Forrest, known as the father of radio and TV, announced publicly, man will never reach the moon regardless of future scientific advances. Well, you know what happened? Twelve years later, in 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. In 1923, a Robert Milken, a Nobel Prize winner in physics, announced there is no likelihood man can ever tap the power of the atom. Well, 22 years later, the atom bomb was tested in 1945. Then in 1954, the first nuclear power plant opened in Russia. In 1973, Margaret Thatcher was then Educational Secretary of England. She announced, no woman in my time will be prime minister. Well, you know what happened? Six years later, in 1979, she became the first prime minister of England. One more, in 1895, Lord Calvin, who was a great scientist and mathematician, who defined a concept of energy and the laws of thermodynamics, he announced this, heavier than air flying machines are impossible. Well, in eight years later, in 1903, the Wright brothers successfully flew a powered plane for the first time, and they did what was announced to be impossible. Well, as we return to our study in the book of Luke, we find the angel Gabriel coming to Mary announcing something impossible, and that is to tell Mary that she has been graciously, graciously <laughs> chosen to give birth to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. So what we see tonight is this, the impossible announcement. And that's the title of our message, the impossible announcement. We're going to be studying Luke chapter 1 from verse 26 through 38 tonight. We're going to take this next portion as we started last week and went up to verse 25. So as we go through our verse by verse, chapter by chapter study, we see the impossible announcement. And there's three things we're going to find here. This is our outline. Number one, Mary's blessing. Mary's pondering, and number three, Mary's entrusting. So let's begin here. The impossible announcement, number one in our outline, Mary's blessing. Mary's blessing. Now we're going to cover Luke chapter 1 from verse 26 through 33 in this section if you're taking notes. But first of all, look with me here now, two verses, verse 26 and 27. Verse 26 and 27. It reads here, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And we'll stop right there for now. 
We begin with how it was the sixth month, it says here in verse 26. Six months, what? Well, six months since Zechariah and Elizabeth got pregnant. You remember last time in the first part of chapter 1, the elderly man, Zechariah, the priest, and his wife became pregnant with the forerunner to the Messiah. And you remember who that baby was? John the Baptist is who we call him, right? So now it's six months later, and just like with them, an angel comes to bring a message now. This angel's name, Gabriel, and he sent from God, and this time to announce the birth of the Messiah. And that's what we're going to be seeing here. The angel was sent to this no-name, sleepy city or town, we could say, uh, in Galilee, in the Galilee region of northern Israel called Nazareth. So that was this little town here. And where in this town lived this virgin named Mary who was a girl who never married nor never been with a man. Well, she was betrothed, though, meaning she was engaged to be married to this man named Joseph, who was a descendant of the house of David, and that is King David we're talking about here. And though we know Joseph really is the stepfather of Jesus, right? But legally, Jesus being under and in this family of Joseph, legally Jesus would be from that line of David as predicted legally. Now Mary was also, but legally in the sense of, of what the prophecy says, uh, as predicted, so Jesus was legally under Joseph. And that's amazing to see prophecy starting to come together here. But here's another amazing thing. Jesus was also predicted to be born to a virgin. So that's why Mary is mentioned here. Now in Isaiah 7:14, we know this from Christmas, right? It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Do you remember what that means? God with us, right? God with us, our Christmas verse, right? We put it on our cards. Well, this is a story unfolding before us. And remember, it's been 400 years, right? The silence was broken. We saw last time in 400 years. Now, God is moving here, and prophecy from the Old Testament is beginning to get fulfilled. So verse 28 and verse 29 now. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled, verse 29, at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, the angel greets Mary and calls her, O favored one. Now, this, this Greek word favored one, it's the word cheritoo, which actually means receiver of grace. In other words, the angel's like, hey, Mary, hello, Mary, aloha, aloha, hey, how's it going, Mary? He's, and she's like, you know what, you've been blessed with grace. You are receiving grace right now. And the angel says, the Lord is with you. In other words, God has come with blessings. God has come to you now. The Lord is with you with this grace and blessing. So it's like, hey Mary, the angel saying, hey Mary, you're going to be blown away with what God is graciously going to do for you. But Mary, hearing this and seeing this angel, was greatly troubled. And this was more like, what's going on here? 
So she tried to discern, tried to figure out what sort of greeting and others, what all this meant for her. I mean, here's Mary, right? You, you could say here's this young girl, and she's actually a teenager at this, mo- at this time. She's from a small town. She's known, a no-name small town, this, this insignificant teenage girl. And she's, trying to, she's wondering, why is this angel coming to me and saying this and appearing to me? In other words, what is God going to do with all this? That's what Mary's thinking in all of this. Now, understand here, the the Catholic prayer, right, comes from this verse, actually. I mean, you've heard it probably, maybe even prayed it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Yeah, you've probably heard that phrase. Well, it's from this very verse we're looking at. The thought is that the Virgin Mary is the giver of grace. That's what really the Catholic prayer is talking about. But it's not what the original language says here. She's the receiver of grace. So just like you and me, yeah, we need grace. So Mary needs grace. And this is what the angel is saying here. There's nothing here that says she is a bestower of grace or that... She has been made even sinless and holy here, and so she has this grace to give. It's none of that. And that really goes along with another Catholic doctrine we don't see in the Bible is what they call the Immaculate Conception. And that's not about Jesus. It's really about uh, how Mary was born without sin. That's what Immaculate Conception means. But I'll tell you, that's not biblical. That's not what we see in the Bible. Sure, She was a godly woman, as we're going to see. But here we see plainly that she was a receiver of the same kind of grace that you and I need and receive also. We see plainly that she was just this unknown, young female teenager, a human being with a sin nature, just like you and me, who God happened to choose to be the mother of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's what's going on here. Did you know that Mary knew she needed a Savior to save her from her sins too? And she did. Look at verse 47, Luke 1, verse 47 here. She says here in her little uh, praise to the Lord, in the middle of it, verse 47 right here in chapter 1, look over. She says, my spirit rejoices in God, what? My Savior. So even Mary was in the same place as us, and she's a human being just like us. So, back to uh, verse 30 through 33. Now, Mary is confused. She's trying to figure out what's going on. And then look at verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. That's charis. That means grace. You have found grace with God. Again, nothing Mary did or deserved this. It was just pure grace given over to Mary now. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And then verse 33, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his, of his kingdom there will be no end. So what's going on here? Well, Gabriel tells her, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to be expecting with a son, a baby boy. Woo-hoo, how exciting yeah? is that? And his name, 
You know what? She didn't even have to name him. His name will be Jesus. In the Greek, it's Iesus, which is the Greek way of saying a Hebrew word, Yeshua, which means Jehovah is salvation or Yahweh saves. I mean, when we study Joshua, remember, that's a, that's a Joshua. Yeah. And, and so Jesus is actually a Greek transliteration. That's what they call it, of a Hebrew word, Yeshua, Jehovah saves, Yahweh saves. Now, this boy, he's going to grow up, and he will be great. The word there in the Greek is megas. And the idea is, it means like he's going to be awesome. He's going to be mighty. He's going to hold a high position. He's going to be supreme. That, that's really the, the idea of the word great here. And then this baby is going to grow up to be called the son of the most high. God was going to give him the throne of his father, David. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob. Remember what that means? Jacob, another word for Israel. And that is going to be forever. And then the angel says, hey, his kingdom, there will be no end. It's going to go on and on. Who is this? All this really speaks about one person. That this baby that is to be born is the prophesied one. Everything we see in this list of called the Most High, the throne of his father David, uh, reign over the house of Jacob and his kingdom will be known. All that is prophesied in the Old Testament and it speaks of one person, the Lord, the King, the Messiah, and we know him as Jesus Christ. John MacArthur wrote this, Gabriel's message to Mary introduced the pivotal point in redemptive history. I thought that was really good. How people respond to the child of whom Gabriel spoke will determine their eternal destiny. So I, I think, I, I like what he brought out here. So what the angel is saying, what's going to happen here? This baby that's going to be born, that Mary's going to carry in birth. You know what? It, it, it's going to change history. It's going to bring salvation. And everyone who believes in this Messiah in Jesus will be saved. So this is huge what's going on here. This is huge. What a privilege. What an opportunity. What a blessing that Mary is given to be able to carry in birth the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So the point is this. Mary's blessing, as our heading is, is to have been graciously chosen to carry and birth the long-awaited Messiah, Jesus. Mary's blessing is to have been graciously chosen to carry and birth the long-awaited Messiah, Jesus. Isn't that amazing? God came to her. The angel was sent to this little town. And here, Mary was the one graciously, this unnamed, unknown, I should say, you know, un, a little no-name town, un, unknown teenage girl was chosen to carry the Savior of the world. Just amazing here. You know, someone once told me, you know, when you're driving to the west side up to Lahaina, yeah, Oluwalu is where you blink and you'll pass by without seeing it, right? I mean, it's just this little, little place we call Oluwalu, and there's a little restaurant, a little store, and everything we drive by, but it's like that, right? It's not like some major city or anything like that. Well, think about that. That's like Nazareth. It was a know-nothing town. The population was a few hundred. It was off the beaten path. I mean, no one went there. 
One of the disciples, remember Nathaniel, even said in John 1.46, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? When Philip was saying, hey, hey, Jesus, he, Jesus of Nazareth, right? That's Jesus' hometown where he grew up, where he was born. Or not where he was born, but where he grew up. He was born in Bethlehem. But can anything come out of Nazareth? You know, it's this insignificant town. But it was from that insignificant town that God chose an insignificant young Jewish girl to birth and carry the Messiah. God used, listen, this ordinary girl in an extraordinary way. Or I said that wrong, homo. An extraordinary way. I always say that word wrong. (laughs) But listen, that's like us. By the grace of God, just like Mary, he can use you and me, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things. You don't have to be some, you know, you don't have to have some special talent or ability. You don't have to be like sinless and holy. Mary wasn't, right? You don't have to have money or be popular. You don't have to have some, uh, be from some special place or some special family. No, God does not look for ability, but is looking for our what? Availability. I've said that many times, right? I'll say it again. God does not look for ability, but God is looking for our availability. So if you humble yourself and make yourself available to His purposes, available to His power, available to His plan, God will use you in ways far beyond you can even dream or think of. That's Mary's blessing here. That's God's grace working here. That's God's grace that can work in our lives also. So it's encouraging, you guys. It's encouraging to see this angel come to Nazareth to this teenage girl, Mary. Maybe God's been calling you. Maybe you've heard a message Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you, and maybe you're like, ah, I don't know. Me? Really? Yes, you. Or maybe you need to be open to God's announcement, maybe even this impossible announcement that God wants to use you even. Well, let's uh, go to number two here in our outline, Mary's pondering. Mary's pondering. We see in this impossible announcement, Mary's blessing, now Mary's pondering. And we're going to be covering verse 34 through 37 here. Look at verse 34, first of all. And Mary said to the angel, how would this be since I am a virgin? We'll stop there. Now, Mary asked Gabriel, how will this basically actually work? I mean, Mary's like, I'm a virgin. I'm not even married yet. Remember, Mary is only engaged at this time to Joseph. And so what she's doing, she's pondering here. She's thinking through this. It's not a lack of faith. She was only trying to work it out in her mind. And she was already beginning to accept what God wanted to do in her life. I believe Mary fully understood what the angel was saying, that she was to have a child while still a virgin. Her question was not an expression of doubt, but really more out of wonder, like, Wow, like like seeking an explanation of, okay, um, technically, you know, how is this going to really happen here? She she knew, she believed, but it's like, I just kind of want to know. I mean, I'm not married, you know. (laughs) I haven't been with a man, I'm a virgin, you know. Mary 
believe what the angel said. She was just kind of pondering on this. Mary believed what the angel said, unlike Zechariah. Remember Zechariah we saw last week? Zechariah had a total different reaction to the angel's announcement um, about him and Elizabeth having a baby. I mean, their situation looked impossible too, right? They were elderly. They're, they're older here. And when the angel told Zechariah, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby boy. What does Zechariah say? Remember, look, look up at verse 18. How shall I know this? In other words, how do I know this will really happen? So the angel said, well, because you did not believe in verse 20, I'm going to make you mute, right? And he couldn't talk after that. And that was his sign. But not with Mary. There's no word from the angel that she was doubting or she wasn't believing. Uh, There was no sign given for confirmation because, you know what? She believed already. But I need to, to learn from this. Don't we all need that kind of faith, yeah? Mary's faith. Oh, you said it? Okay, I believe. And so Mary's all, all more like, uh, technically speaking, uh, 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 how is this kind of supposed to happen anyway? Well, verse 35, the angel answers. The angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Well, the angel's like, you want to know the technical details? You want to know how this is really going to work? Well, here, here's how it's going to work. The Holy Spirit will come. And then the power of God will overshadow. The word means like surround, encompass. I picture like the Shekinah glory coming upon the uh, Mount Sinai or over the tabernacle in the Old Testament. In other words, the angel saying God will supernaturally do this, not by any human means. And this, this child that, that will come, this son, that, this baby that will be in your womb and that will be born, this child will be holy, the angel says. In other words, the baby will be sinless. The baby will not inherit the sin nature, but he will be what? The son of God. This is the miracle, really, what is being described as what we call the incarnation, right? God becoming a human being. God becoming a man. And when, when Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven to become a man, he didn't inherit any of that sin nature that we, we have been passed down from Adam and Eve. No, he, the angel says he's holy. And he has to be because he needs to die for our sins. He has to be sinless to be the unblemished lamb to die for our sins on the cross. So God had to come in a sinless manner in a human form to be able to die as a human being. So the angel's like, Mary, this, this is nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with what you can figure out here. It's nothing you do, but everything is done by God's power. And matter of fact, the angel's like, it's the same as look at verse 36. He says, and behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. So he brings up Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they're related in some way. And he says, by the way, this is a supernatural work. This is God doing a miracle because, you know what, Elizabeth, she conceived and has a son. She's pregnant right now. I don't think Mary even knew at this point that her her relative Elizabeth was pregnant. But I think the angel's kind of throwing out that 
hey, there's someone else you can have fellowship with who, whom, this, whom God is doing a miracle. And we're going to see that next time too. And then verse 37, the angel really puts it out there, making this statement, for nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? That's a verse to highlight. That's a verse to underline. That's a verse to memorize. The word nothing, for nothing, you know, in the original Greek means absolutely nothing. Actually, literally, this whole verse in the Greek says this, absolutely no word of God will ever fail. That's what it literally says. And what, so the angel's making this statement that nothing will be impossible with God. Whatever he says, whatever he's gonna, he says he's going to do, he will do. It's not going to be impossible for the Lord. What God says he will do for nothing is impossible when God does it. Remember Jesus said in Mark 10, 27, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For what? All things are possible with God. How many things? All things. Is there a limit? No. All is all. So our point here is this. Mary's pondering brought to the forefront that God makes what it, what's impossible possible. I like that. You like that? Got Mary's pondering brought to the forefront that God makes what's impossible possible. Remember that, right? What's impossible, God can make possible. No worries here. God can do it. A little boy asked his father, how big is God? And the father hmm, thought for a moment and said, he's always just a little bigger than what you need. And I love that. I like that. The angel relayed that God will and, or God can and will do what's impossible. So Mary is not to try and like figure out exactly how this is going to work out, what's, how, what's the details here, but just let God do his work. That's, that's what the angel is saying. Hey, no worries here. You know what? No worries. God makes what's impossible possible. Oh, child of God, do not limit your faith to only what you can figure out or even what you can control. Let God do what He does, and that's the impossible. You know, let's hear His voice tonight, you guys. Let's be listening. Let's, let's hear Him say, I am bigger than all your fears. I'm bigger than all your needs. I'm bigger than any discouragements, any weaknesses. I'm bigger. I'm bigger than your enemies. I'm bigger than your desperation. I can do what's impossible because impossible is just easy for me. That's what God is saying. Listen to his voice when it seems like you're hearing the impossible announcement. Well, let's finish up here. Number three is Mary's entrusting. Mary's entrusting. We've seen Mary's blessings, Mary's pondering. And now number three our last heading, Mary's entrusting. And now our last verse for tonight. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. It says here, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Okay, this is amazing to me. 
Now, I mean, what Mary is responding with is amazing. Mary responds to this statement of the angel in verse 37, right? For nothing will be impossible with God. You know what Mary says? Behold. That's like, yes. It's like, yes and amen. It's like, yeah, l- l- listen. And then you know what? She's saying, I am the servant of the Lord. The word servant is the Greek word doulos. And we've talked about that before. It means bond slave. Mary is a bond slave to her master, the Lord God. She's the servant. God is the master. And she says, I'm, she humbles herself and says, whatever the master wants, that's what I will do. And then she says, let it be or let it come true exactly as God has told you, the angel, to tell me. Let it come true. Let it be. Let it be exactly as what God has said. With these words, you can see Mary was surrendering her life to God, entrusting, think about this, her future into God's hands. She, she's surrendering all, submitting to her Lord, her master. As a servant to her master, Mary submits to whatever God has for her and whatever God says. Think about this. God's saying, you're going to have a baby. Oh, but I'm a virgin. You're going to have a baby. We're going to do this miracle, a supernatural. I'm not married. You're going to have a baby. Well, having a baby, being only engaged, that would not go very well, would it? In her small town of Nazareth. Oh, rumor's going to fly. Right? People can talk about her. What would her fiance say? Joseph, right? We know in another, we know what happens, right? Um, and we'll talk about it. But what would her fiance Joseph think? Will he believe her? Nothing like this has ever happened. Oh yeah, right, Mary, right, right. I think there was another guy somewhere. Yeah, right. I mean, just. Imagine the shame she'll have to go through. God, God is giving her the son and, and doing this miracle. Yet, And we think that, wow, Mary, oh, she's chosen. Oh, Mary, you know. But think about the ramifications of what's going to happen. Notice, she didn't complain. She didn't say, God, are you sure? You know what I'm going to have to go through here? She didn't, she didn't question God. God, I, I, I just don't see how this is right. I, I, I don't know, Lord. You know, you know, I would never do, you know. She didn't just even sigh and say, all right, but this is just pure obedience here. My heart is not in it, but whatever. Whatever, God. I mean, think about this. I mean, look, look at Mary's response, right? Now, unlike Zechariah, she had this faith, and here she's just saying, I'm your servant, right? Mary seemed like a girl who did all she could to be faithful to God. But this would make this devout Jew like she wasn't. And the ramifications could be her family could get upset, kick her out of the house, she could become homeless. And perhaps it could even cost her her life, which was the punishment, right, For, for adultery, right, basically. But you know, for for Mary, it wasn't about her life. It was always about her Lord, her God. That's why 
No matter what it was, she could basically say, Thy will be done, O Lord. So here's our last point. Mary's entrusting her whole life and future over to God was simply because he asked her to. That was it. Mary entrusting her whole life and future over to God was simply because he asked her to. Mary simply said what? Let it be to me according to your word. Isn't that amazing? I don't know about you. It's impacting my heart. God, whatever you say, I'm going to do. Sometimes we try and figure it out first, right? Sometimes we say, well, if it works out, okay, Lord. Yeah, right? Mary's like, I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't fully understand it, but I believe you can do it. I don't know how it's going to work out, but whatever you want, Lord. Do you guys remember the old movie Karate Kid? Remember that? I think everyone's seen it. If not, yeah, you can probably catch it like on uh, Netflix or whatever, Hulu, wherever it is. But do you remember how that um, we had the, the, kid, the main character, Daniel, right? This kid, right? And uh, he gets beat up, and so, uh, but Mr. Miyagi saves him. So he wants to learn karate, right? And, and um, I, remember, I remember how Mr. Miyagi tells him, you know, okay, come, and, and, and I'll show you, right? And so here comes Danny, he comes out, and, and just does whatever Mr. Miyagi asks him to do. No questions asked, right? Remember, he paints the fence. He goes, no, no, up, down, up, down, right? You know, long strokes. Or, or you remember when Mr. Miyagi had Daniel, the main character, wax his car. You remember that? That's a famous line, right? Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, right? Right? You remember all that that was going on? But then Danny gets all frustrated because he feels like Mr. Miyagi is getting him to do, you know, free labor and get things done around his house. But later he learns that all this motion and everything was actually training his muscle memory and he's able to block and start to do the karate karate stuff, right? Well, I, I was thinking about that as Daniel was originally to Mr. Miyagi, right? Or whatever you do. He's just into, oh, you just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Trusting him and whatever that is, right? Well, that's Mary to God, completely entrusting her life and her future to God. Whatever you say, God, I'm going to do. Whatever you want, I'm all in there. Whatever you have me do, even if I I can't see this miracle or I can't understand how this can happen, I believe it, but I will do that. Now, I usually don't use movies and talk about that, but I think it's a good way to show how God will come to us and have us do things or go through things we don't understand. But it's because God wants to do a work in us and through us and perhaps even change us and train us even more to be like Jesus to grow us in our faith, to help us trust in Him more. Here's the thing. We gotta believe that God loves us. Do you believe that? Do you believe God loves you more more than you can even understand? You believe He loves you, right? Do you believe that God is all powerful? He's the creator of the universe. He, he's sovereign. He, he He can do whatever he, he wants, right? But do you believe that He has all wisdom? He knows all things. 
And he knows the best for you, right? So if you believe God loves you, you believe he has the power, you believe he has wisdom beyond us, right? Then we must believe that God has the best interest in us and he knows how to help us and to grow us, right? So then whatever God sovereign to, sovereignly allows or has us go through or asks us to do, let's be like Mary. Let's say, let it be to me according to your word. God, I'm entrusting my life to you. I'm entrusting my future to you. I'm accepting whatever this is, believing and knowing, God, you have a plan. So do not be afraid of entrusting an unknown future to a known God, you guys. Corey Ten Boom once said, Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. And that's Mary here. She birthed the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I want to close with this story. A Baltimore congregation uh, found the answer to its financial troubles on, on the church wall, actually, in the building. It had been hanging there for 25 years. Someone finally recognized a piece of artwork hanging in the chapel as a valuable woodblock print by Albrecht Durer dated 1493. And this print depicted, it shows the angel Gabriel announcing to Mary she would give birth to God's son, Jesus Christ. Now, some of the people couldn't believe that it was there all the time. What? No, what? And, 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 you know, here it is, the answer to their, their financial difficulties, to their burdens. They even complained, saying, if it were real, why would it even be there? You know, how could we even have that? But, you know, I was thinking, we can do the same thing. The very things that we thought weren't valuable to our growth and freedom from our sins, our self, our pride, you know what? It's right there in our situations. Those things that we thought, ah, we don't like or aren't worth anything. It's right there. And when we truly submit to God's plan, no matter, even no matter the outcome, no matter what we think might happen, you know what? That's surrender. That's true submission. That's true trusting. God, my life is yours. And if it's really yours, then we're going to say, Lord, whatever you want, I submit. And I'll tell you what, there's freedom in that. And it's there we see God work in amazing ways. A ways that, that will, we experience God in, in, in ways like providing or caring or, 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 or doing miracles in our lives. Doing things in our lives that we never dreamed that would happen. And it all happens, you guys, when we begin to say, like Mary did, let it be to me according to your word. And then we'll truly see all things are possible with God. And well, like Mary, we won't be shaken. We'll have faith. We'll believe. We won't be shaken when we're given the impossible announcement. Let's pray. Jesus, I am inspired by Mary right now. Lord, it's convicting, but at the same time, it's like, Wow, God, I want to be the same way. I want to say the same thing. Lord, tonight I want to say, let it be to me according to your word. Whatever you say, Lord, 
I know you will do. Whatever you say, Lord, I will do. I am your servant. You are my master. Lord God, let those words be our words, but not just words, but let it be in our hearts and let it be in our mind. Lord, I pray for anyone here who, who is holding a burden or under a burden that needs to be released to you, needs to be submitted to you, that is questioning you, uh, things that are going on that, 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 that you're, they're complaining about. God, may it all be given over to you, laid aside and say, God, I surrender. Whatever your will is, I will do. I am your servant. You are my God. And Lord, as we all do that, may we find the freedom, the burden lifted, and may you come in with your presence and give us peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen.